This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Age of Radio. Hello. If you're hearing my voice right now, then you have stumbled onto the podcast where real stories of professional criminal profilers are told by professional assholes. Welcome to Profiling Pain. Hey, what's up, co-filers? Uh, so today we're going to do like a double-down episode on some, uh, on some cults. Um, <clears throat> some not very well-known cults, actually. Uh, they're, and they're recent. They're new. Um, that's kind of what makes it a little bit funnier. There's going to be probably some talk of conspiracy theory in here. Um, I know that the world's going crazy. The World Health Organization just recently said no more boosters. So for those of you guys who are on your sixth booster, maybe slow it down a bit. You still want some of your original genetic code in there. Uh, people leaving Spotify on account of Joe Rogan and all that. Just, the world is just getting crazier and crazier every single day and it is fucking hilarious and now i get to add two more dipshit fucking cults to that list of uh tom fuckery and they kind of came out of the pandemic there's going to be a few key words that you hear medicine wise that are going to make you go i recognize that why do i recognize that because one of them might be something trump told you to fucking take while he was still in office um it's pretty funny uh the the cult leader herself um, of one of the cults we're going to discuss turned herself silver. It's, it's, you'll see. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, let's see. And then, uh, next episode, we're going to get into Burzum. So if you've ever seen, uh, oh, what the hell is the movie now? Now it's losing my mind. I want to say Lords of Chaos. Yeah, Lords of Chaos. It's all about, uh, mayhem, death, and then, uh, Burzum and, and Varg Vickerson and pretty much a whole bunch of guys that sound like Squizgard from, from Metalocalypse, so <clears throat> that'll be cool. Uh, the only reason I'm really doing it is because not only does it tie into the Satanic Panic, it also has to do with like very, very cult-like mentality, and it covers a few metal bands all in one shot. So that's kind of what we call in in my field the uh, gold nugget trifecta of Tom Fuckery. But uh, so anyway, that's really it uh, for. The intro here, so not much foreplay. I figure we just get into some action. Um, hopefully, you guys' weekend's going great. Hopefully, you guys had a great New Year's. Hopefully, you guys had a good Christmas and yada yada yada, and all that other happy horseshit. I hope everybody is is doing great. So, this is the uh, this is from um, which fucking magazine did I get it from? I, I got to give that whole oh, this is straight out of Rolling Stone. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so from Mother God to Mummified Corpse inside the fringe spiritual sect of Love Has One. Love Has One is the name of the cult. Not one like O-N-E, but one as in like, we are the champion. You know what I mean? Uh, so Amy Carlson was supposed to be the incarnate of Marilyn Monroe, Joan of Arc, and Jesus Christ, all rolled into one woman uh, when she shed her earthly body for the last time. Authorities found her followers still worshipping it, shedding light on the group many have called a cult. So let's get into it. So, a god is dead, or at least she has shed her physical vessel, ascending from this life to a higher plane of existence, one of pure love and enlightenment. So say the followers of Love is One who believe that God is a 45-year-old woman. So on April 28, 2021, Miguel Lamboy walked into the studio police department. Sorry, Salida. I don't even know how I spelled that wrong. I pronounced that wrong. Salida Police Department and told authorities that they would find an enshrined mummified corpse, formerly Amy Carlson, at his house in Crestone, Colorado. Uh, officers documented Lamboy's full report in an affidavit in which his association with the group is downplayed, describing the followers living in his house off and on for years as people who were temporarily needed a place to stay, okay? He apparently had no knowledge of Amy's death or how her corpse, you know, she died in California and she, was, she moved, or how her corpse ended up in his Colorado home. 
Mr. Lamboy stated that he got up this morning, April 28th, 2021, and left for Denver, Colorado. Uh, Mr. Lamboy stated that he left Denver and went to Buena Vista, Colorado, and then returned to his residence. Uh, Mr. Lamboy stated that it was then that he found a deceased female whom he knew to be Amy. So when Saquache, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, Saquache, Saquache, Anyway, county police officers arrived at Lamboy's house in Crestone. Uh, they found Carlson's, or Carlson, fuck, I can't speak today. I'm sorry, guys. Found Carlson immediately. There we go. Um, it's those constant consonants, you know what I mean? County police officers arrived at Lamboy's house in Crestone, Colorado. I mean, just one of those things. Anyway, uh, they could see the twinkling, multicolored makeshift shrine from down the hallway. Uh, the scent of sage hung in the air, according to an officer on the scene. The room was decorated much like a child's bedroom with rainbows and hearts and stars. A few stuffed bunny toys perched atop a mantle above Carlson's body as if keeping a vigil. Uh, she sat atop a bed, wrapped in what appeared to be a sleeping bag, and decorated with Christmas lights. Her body was in an advanced state of decomposition. Her eyes had deteriorated to the point that they appeared to be missing entirely, and the area around the empty sockets had been dusted with glitter makeup. Her lips had receded, causing her teeth to protrude from her mouth, uh, and she was shockingly thin and her skin was blue. Though authorities wouldn't have known that her skin has already begun turning blue over the previous few months. Wow, they painted her, one officer has heard remarking on body cam footage that was later released. Uh, that's just decomp, said another. He leaned forward, shining a flashlight on Amy's face, illuminating it for the other officers in the dim blue lighting. Decomp and mummification, that's what I'm guessing at this point. Seven of Amy's followers were present, along with two sleeping children, including Lamboy's two-year-old son. I've never seen a group of people be so nonchalant about a dead person in their back room. Uh, Corporal Steve Hansen later told the local NBC affiliate out there in Colorado uh, before he was hit with a gag order. <laughs> so seven of Amy's followers were arrested and charged with the abuse of a corpse and child abuse. All of the charges would later be dropped. Uh, the scene was a grotesque spectacle unlike anything that Crestone had seen. But how things developed to this point and how they would progress in the aftermath offer a glimpse into what happens when streaming culture, a fringe spiritual sect, and conspiracy theory thinking collide. Uh, at the center of it all is the story of one central character, Amy Carlson, a woman who aspired to live and die as a god. So former Love as One members have described it as a cult, but it was also an internet content machine, churning out videos, social media posts, and blog articles at a fevered pace. With supporting, while supporting itself on donations and snake oil e-commerce, probably an Etsy, you know what I mean? Uh, though the group has since uh, splintered, it has left behind thousands of hours of video content as well as tomes of uh, written material. To date, Love Has One's primary YouTube channel features over 2,700 videos, and the group continues to release content on a daily basis. Their messaging is unlike... Other religious groups, openly brash, energetic, and foul-mouthed, able to insult members of their audience in one breath and tell them they love them in the next. They are unafraid of offending. In fact, they seem to revel in it. Uh, God is a woman. Before she was Mother God, Amy Carlson was a manager at a McDonald's in Houston, Texas. Other facts about Mother God, according to her followers, she loves Sriracha, uh, Beat Bobby Flay, and cell phone games. So... There you go. Boring-ass person. But she has a close relationship with the spirit of Robin Williams, who provides through a spiritual council. Uh, Amy's acolytes claim that Mother God is over 19 billion years old and has lived over 500 lives. She is in constant conflict with the Cabal, a shadowy global organization determined to keep humanity in a low vibrational state. In her most recent life, the one that just ended, the Cabal tried the, to assassinate Amy nearly 600 times, but she foiled each attempt. Uh, the Cabal is described as a group of minions of reptilians and the Anunnaki, ancient extraterrestrials, and or Sumerian deities, depending on whom you ask, which honestly, all that right there just sprinkled in anything you could possibly think Zachariah Stitchin and David Icke would say about ancient Sumerian text and the Anunnaki. It's, that's some actually cool shit. If you go, go and want to watch some uh, pretty enthralling YouTube videos, check out Zachariah Stitchin and David Icke. Like... They'll bore the shit out of you, but if you, like, kind of glom on to what it is they're saying and really enjoy it, 
like pay attention to what they're saying. It's it's if they're what if anything of what they're saying is true, it's pretty fucking amazing. They got me convinced that we stem from aliens at this point. Uh, so they are the global elite tied to the Illuminati. They pull the world's uh, sinister strings, orchestrating the dark sham that is modern that is uh, that is modern life, in which everything from wars to mass shootings and pandemics are all just illusions. It's all just smoke and mirrors. Uh, engineered to keep humanity mired in a state of fear. Which, that's actually common conspiracy theory, right? To sprinkle in some adrenochrome and then the reptilian gods feasting off, you know, I mean, it's the same story, right? Just different people. So you have some people that believe that there's hollow earth and that there is reptilian demons who feed off of our fear and that's what keeps their life force. And you got other people who claim to be more sane than those people. Uh, who say that Hillary Clinton is kidnapping children for adrenochrome and sucking the life out of them once they get the utmost adrenaline in their bloodstream, which is caused by what? Fear. So you just swap out reptilian with with the Clintons, and there you go. Uh, Anyway, a high-level overview of Amy's role in Love is One, um, according to their YouTube videos, reveals the belief that Amy Carlson was Jesus Christ, Cleopatra, and Marilyn Monroe, among other historical figures. She was the queen of the mythical ancient city of Lumeria, uh, if you don't know about Lemuria, it's it's kind of interesting too. Lemuria is uh, kind of on that same plane as uh, not Olympus. What the fuck am I thinking here? The the the, the Atlantis. There we go. Uh, before its violent fall, during which time they say Donald Trump was her father. Uh, Amy's goal was to lead 144,000 believers into the awakened 5D plane of existence, leaving behind the shackles of the broken 3D world. Those left behind will be destroyed and their energies will be recycled into the sun. Love is One has always been clear that ascending to the 5D world involves taking their physical bodies, not dying, but the concept of ascension in Love is One theology is not an, as you know, how do I put it? It's not a standard type of thought process or, or ascension system. And there is no life and afterlife in the conventional sense. They're all they're just all part of the same reality. Amy herself was actually expected to ascend in a starship or perhaps through a portal in the ocean, which the starship is interesting to me because that almost reminds me of uh what is it? Well you have Xenu <laughs> with the fucking uh Scientology people, but then you have, I believe it was, uh, Bo and Peep who did, what fucking cult was that? Anyway, there's multiple cults where you're supposed to leave in a starship, but the portal in the ocean, that's a new one for me. Uh, over time, Love is One had a few dozen core members who have resided with the group in person as well as an estimated 100 to 200 ambassadors who are remote followers who stayed connected online. Uh, ambassadors tended to communicate through Facebook and large group chats on Skype. Uh, outside the main group, residing with Amy, there were also auxiliary groups meeting in person in Australia, South Africa, and Central America. So they had a pretty broad uh, hold on people, which is, I mean, honestly, the more and more that this world plunges into chaos, the more and more people need to, you know, latch on to something. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen more of these internet cults uh, taking precedence. But to understand what any of this has to do with Amy's rapid decline in health and ultimate death, it's important to understand that in the love has one belief system, all the world's external suffering had to be played out physically upon Amy's body. According to their doctrine, Amy's body acted as a filtration system, cleansing the world of negative energies and low vibrations, causing her indescribable physical suffering. And at various times, Love has won followers even claimed that if Amy died, everyone on the planet would die. Her followers were meant to shield her from damage through their faith and their right action. So Amy Carlson was not supposed to actually physically die. Uh, That was always a possibility, but it was nobody's plan. Uh, The origins of Love is One. Uh, In the beginning, Amy Amy Carlson was a sweet and pleasant country girl. The eldest of three sisters, born in a small Kansas town outside of Wichita. Uh, according to Linda Haythorn, Amy's mother, her parents separated when she was a child in 1984 when Amy was nine years old. Uh, her mother remarried and moved to Oklahoma City. Her father remarried around the same time and a custody battle ensued. In the meantime, Amy split her time between her mother's house in Kansas and Oklahoma, where she, as family, and even Jason Castillo, Father God, which we'll get into later, would later describe had a difficult relationship 
with her stepmother. Uh, a healthy-looking Amy Carlson and a school photo. Uh, she was a sister I looked up to and wanted to be, says her youngest sister, Chelsea Renninger, uh, courtesy of the Carlson family. Uh, Amy's teen years were much like those of her peers, uh, though her mother recalls that she clung to childlike aesthetics, decorating her room with unicorns. She re relocated to Dallas and later to Houston, and she flourished in a suburban middle-class lifestyle. Uh, versus aesthetics, or athletics, she found a creative outlet in the church choir and in theocratical plays. Sorry, theatrical plays. I immediately said church and then went with theocratical. Sorry. Anyway, so she was... She was smart, she was beautiful, she had an amazing voice, and by all accounts, Amy was popular and charming, but not a dominant personality. Her mother puts it simply, she was not a leader. That came much later. Uh, according to Love is One, Amy's latent divine powers had already begun manifesting at this time. Uh, Archaea Faith, one of Love has One's largest standing members, recounts being told that by four or five years old, Amy was talking to angels, and her parents had taken her from church to church seeking insight and advice from pastors. In one instance, she was said to have had an outburst in the middle of a sermon. Uh, the pastor said, something that she knew was a lie since she was Jesus and she, sorry, since she was Jesus. And she yelled, you're lying, and had to be removed from church, says Faith, who requested we not use her former name. Amy's family denies any of that shit happening. Um, but by her early 20s, Amy had three children of her own and had been married and divorced already. Uh, her family asserts that she became increasingly disconnected from her kids. She wasn't very maternal, her mother remarks. Uh, she just didn't have that warmth. She had no problem leaving her children with other people. So by the mid-2000s, Amy had begun to develop a preoccupation with New Age spiritual thought. Uh, she became a regular on the website lightworkers.org, uh, where she began chatting with a man who went by Amarith White Eagle. Roll your D20s now if you got them. Uh, White Eagle, who did not respond to multiple requests for comment, would later become the first father of God uh, to her, of course, mother God. Uh, it's also then that Amy first publicly claimed to have begun experiencing otherworldly phenomena, specifically in a post from September 1st, 2007, when she claimed an etheric voice revealed to her that she would one day become the president of the United States. Uh, and I am cleaning the kitchen baby just down for a nap and I feel a tap on my shoulder and a whisk of air in my left ear and then I heard a lower toned voice not really even a voice it was like like a message a violin that would just play in its music and it said president of the United States I thought what what in the world does that mean I dismiss it and then I hear you are going to be president of the United States she was inching closer and closer to abandoning her former life completely. She began referring to the Amareth White Eagle as her twin flame, that they were two bodies sharing a single soul. Uh, Amy would go on to find several twin flames over the years. <laughs> uh, but she explained that each of these subsequent partners was a vessel for the same Father God. She wasn't, like, sleeping around a lot by any means. They were all the Father God. He just had to be in different places and bodies and possess different sized boners in order to fulfill uh, Mother God's insatiable um, um, lust for uh, knowledge and power. <laughs> so anyway, uh, vessel for the same Father God energy, uh, which was too large to be contained to one human being. There could be many Father Gods, but there could only be one Mother God. It was Amrith White Eagle who told Amy that she was God, and it was the beginning of a story that would continue long after White Eagle was out of the picture. Uh, Tara Flores found Amy's departure from her family jarring and unexpected. It seemed very sudden, Flores says. Uh, it was Amrith, and I could tell by the way that he talked, it sounded like the things Amy was saying when she left. She wasn't even making sense. I couldn't get through to her. That's when she completely just flipped a switch severing her connection to everything, everything she's known before. 
Uh, Amy headed west towards Colorado to fulfill her mission to awaken every human on the planet. So, the Bloodless Valley. Uh, Crestone, Colorado, uh, which it's just jaw-dropping vistas and vast expanse of a wilderness, was the ideal place for love has one to blossom. People feel close to the divine there, uh, nestled on the edge of the San Luis Valley. Crestone is home to everything from Hindu ashrams to a Roman Catholic monastery, all in the shadow of the Sangre de Cristo, uh, or Blood of Christ mountain range. So named because of their deep scarlet color at sunset and their jagged peaks, which encircle the valley like a crown of, of thorns. So, I mean, that sounds pretty actually pretty badass. I'd like to visit this place. Uh, Native American tribes called San Luis the Bloodless Valley. It was a place for sacred pilgrimages where violence stopped. Uh, in more recent years, though, New Age spiritualists, healers, but here's my favorite, UFO enthusiasts have found the area, including those who think uh, Saguache County's concentrated spiritual energy makes it a prime location for interdimensional portals, a place where a higher level of uh, communion with the divine is possible. Side note, there's actually a really cool documentary on Amazon called uh, was it uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, where they actually talk about almost astral projection being a way to communicate with extraterrestrials. I know I'm going like way off the fucking rails here, but it's it's just cool shit. So Zachariah Stitchin, David Icke, Anunnaki, this guy in an Amazon po- uh, 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 documentary talking about pretty much walking the astral plane in order to... Uh, talk to extraterrestrials. It's I like weird shit like that, but but it is cool, especially with you know last year when they released that dossier or whatever it was. It's supposed to be like a 900 page fucking something or another about UFOs in this country, and we got what like a nine page pamphlet. Like I mean, and the and it all kind of boiled down to the government going, we don't know what the fuck it is, but with all the different uh, nuclear testing and all this other shit going on, and and. The, the talk of all these UFOs popping up around nuclear activity areas, it's fucking cool. If you're not fascinated by that shit, there's something wrong with you. Like, I get like a weird little tickle in my butthole every time I hear about UFOs. And this place sounds pretty fucking cool. Anyway, in short, Creston is full of believers. So on December 10th, 2007, Amy wrote that she had released her 3D relationship, left her husband and kids, and that as soon as she had the funds, she would move to be with her mountain man in Colorado. It wasn't long before she did, leaving behind her family permanently and heading to Creston. Uh, January 14, 2009, so here we are two years later, uh, marks the very first Love is One YouTube video. Amherst White Eagle speaks in a calming, loving tone over the soundtrack of Closer to Heaven by the Alan Parsons Project. White Eagle told viewers that they were loved unconditionally and to look inside themselves for his own divine likeness, that if they did so, their joy would overflow. Soon, producing video content became a more or less that, you know, daily activity. White Eagle's initial uploads were often simply short clips of clouds floating above the Sangre de Cristo's peaks, which both he and Amy claimed were cloaked starships. Most of Amy's initial videos were published as the Galactic Free Press, and were either audio only or featured her speaking directly into the camera in a newscaster style updating viewers on the interstellar spiritual plotline that she claimed was playing out all around them. But at this point, much of Amy's professed cosmic worldview was unoriginal, a synthesis of New Age writing she picked up through newsletters, forums, and chat rooms. She was reporting on celestial events as she understood them, repeating information uh, uh, disseminated, by New Age groups online, Astro Command, for example, features prominently in early addresses. The idea of Ashtar Command, essentially an extraterrestrial law enforcement organization that would save humanity, stretches back into the 1950s. But as she grew into her role as spiritual leader, her teachings increasingly became her own. So now she's getting a little bit more original. Amy's relationship with White Eagle did not last, and this marked the moment that Amy transitioned from playing a supporting role as White Eagle's partner to asserting herself as a deity. Uh, Details of the split are murky, but when Amy left, she went with a man named Miguel Lamboy, uh, who would soon come to be known as Archangel Michael Silver. Soon, Amy was living in a lovely forest home beside a river, typically with Lamboy behind the camera. 
Many components of love as one beliefs began falling into place. Amy spoke frequently of the need to tune into higher vibrational frequencies and that she has placed upon the earth to help guide humanity into a higher state of being. Uh, when he joined Amy in early 2014, Lamboy, then 35, became the first true member of the nascent Love is One. Lamboy and other current adherents claimed that when she entered, or sorry, when he entered Amy's life, he suffered from end-stage lung cancer and had already had one lung removed. They say Mother God had healed him, and in doing so, molded a true believer. Lamboy quickly positioned himself. Did you guys hear that little whistle? It was pretty funny. Anyway, quickly positioned himself as a valuable logistical asset, uh, an, organized, an organized thinker with a talent for quiet leadership and the ability to handle money. That right there is the key. Now that they got a, they got a little cult going, they're doing all these little videos. It's around the time that you start hearing shit like, um, uh, what is that? Patreon and blah, 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 blah. And then they're probably making little knickknacks and they're, they're trying to make some money off of this. So... When Love Has One later became a 501C, which we all know is aka a nonprofit, right? Uh, so, a nonprofitable chari- charitable organization. Uh, they did this in 2019. It was Lamboy who made it happen. Likewise, it was Lamboy's name that appeared on the LLC formation documents when they launched their first businesses. In early videos, he's often the primary broadcaster. Though over time he would fade into the background, he's uh, soft-spoken and handsome with kind eyes. He comes across as a serene and spiritual. Uh, but there is a persistent school of thought among Love is One's critics that Lamboy has always been the puppet master at work behind the scenes and that through his control of the group's money and legal rights, he has also controlled Amy. Which, how do you control a god, right? But moving on. Uh, other current and former Love Is One members and Lamboy himself, also who who has not resided with other me- other members of Love Is One for several months as of write- as of writing this stupid shit right here, argue that he is a true believer just as much as anyone else, and that Amy's desire to relinquish control of the nuts and bolts side of the operation came from both a desire to focus on leading the group spiritually and a practical need to shield her from potential legal and. Tanglements, which is smart. Have a fall guy, you take all this, that way nothing comes back on me. Yada, 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 yada. Be the bean counter. I do, I don't count. I know how to act, I know how to speak, and I'll bring up the good ideas. You just make them happen to make sure that we have the financial backing. I mean, that's how. That's a manager, right? You're the talent, that's the manager, not bad. So from 2014 to 2018, others joined the group, many via the internet, as well as in person, and a constellation of adherents steadily grew around Carlson. Uh, believers in the orbit of her celestial body, in those early days, Carlson was charming. She was vital, charismatic, and sunny. Uh, she appeared healthy. Behind the scenes, her worst impulses were gaining ground. Amy drank, and by several accounts, was a mean drunk, frustrated with those that she saw as working against her. Soon, that version of Amy... Uh, domineering and self-destructive took center stage and live streams with increasing frequency. So finding her new father God. One of the crucial turning points that led Amy down the path to self-destruction came after she met her final twin flame, the last father God, Jason Castillo. Castillo first appeared in Love is One's videos in August of 2018. After that, the group would settle into a structure and culture that remained consistent until Amy's death. Castillo was ruggedly handsome, with long, dark hair often pulled into a ponytail. For those watching the live stream regularly, Castillo's arrival may have seemed sudden. He became a fixture in streams, typically uh, seated beside Amy in bed, laptop resting on his legs often smiling, usually shirtless. Over time, he would grow a beard and take too often wearing black and white, which his sister says was a way to represent the yin and yang of his spirituality. He had a love for old-school country singers like Johnny Cash, Conway Twitty, and John Prime, as well as a rough-around-the-edges you know, attitude to go along with it. He himself sang and played the guitar in Love is One's videos, right? So it's probably just like, all right, they're already getting some views, they're getting some likes. I think I might latch on to this, get laid a little bit, and get my music out there. What do you think? I mean, honestly, I mean, it sounds like a snake snake oil salesman, right? He's trying to get what he wants out of it, help them get what they want. She's getting what she wants. And it probably all boils down to hot, steamy country music. All right, anyway. 
So Castillo grew up in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, a town of about 100 miles south of the banks of Lake Superior. It's deep within the territory known as the Northwoods, renowned for its vast forests and lakes, and even then he was enraptured by the divine, fascinated by the idea of a living God. I remember being five years old, maybe six, sitting on the weekends in my grandparents' house, he tells Rolling Stone. I sit on the stairs and look at this picture of Jesus. There was beautiful cracked gilded glass above the lamp in the hallway and this auburn glow. I would sit there and just stare at Jesus, who was myself. According to his sister, Minnie Boyer, he was confident, athletic, and attractive, making a name for himself as both a football and baseball player. He earned the nickname Chavez after Eric Chavez, uh, then a third baseman for the Oakland A's. Saguachee County Sheriff's Department for most of Jason Castillo's formative years in Rhineland. His mother was single. Why, why did I just say that first part? Sorry about that. Anyway, I'm looking at a picture of him and it was presented by that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, his mother was single and according to his sister, Castillo uh, dutifully stepped into the role of man of the house, always seeking to support their mother. Uh, Castillo echoes this uh, sentiment, asserting that he started to take on that role at the age of three. That's when my father left, he says. It was the day after my birthday. He came in, started arguing with my mom. He said to me that he was out. I calmed my mom down and said, I'm right here. That's the earliest that I can recall the responsibility of being a father. Around 1999, when he was in his mid-twenties, Castillo relocated to Sacramento. There, he met the woman whom he'd been with for almost 20 years, raising four children. Uh, he would come to call this his 3D family. The woman who Rolling Stone chose not to name did not reply to multiple requests for comment either. So they tried to get her to talk about it, and she was like, nah, fuck that shit. So by 2007, the family had settled in Las Vegas, where he worked for an appliance installation company. His sister asserts that he began struggling with substance abuse at this time, in particular crystal meth. <laughs> oh, meth. Uh, Castillo doesn't deny the addiction, however, but says that he's been clean for years. So by as early as 2013, Castillo had already developed an interest in Amy and Love is One through her online presence. He began talking to his family about ascending about how Jesus was a woman and other concepts in the Love is One ideology. A few years later, he was invested enough to join Amy in person, leaving his kids behind. My 3D children are the greatest children on the planet, he tells Rolling Stone, and yet his duty was elsewhere. They're well aware that he needs... That, that the needs of a few are unimportant compared to the whole planet. There are 8.5 billion children, he says, which that is also wrong. After Castillo moved to Creston, he stayed glued to Amy's side. Her drinking was taking a heavy toll, and as her body grew weaker, he carried her everywhere she went. At the same time, in the videos, he appears to be the most volatile presence in the primary love is one household. Uh, prone to threats of violence, aggressive outbursts, and generally unpredictable and dom domineering behavior. In at least one case, he seems to have acted on those threats when he claimed to have broken member John Robertson's nose. You could say I broke everyone's fucking noses, he says when asked for comment. Everyone on the planet. <laughs> but by March 2018, uh, videos from Love as One began to feature updates from the first contact ground crew team around 10 members who would pile into a room together and speak directly to the camera for a few hours each day. Uh, these were the core group of in-person followers who both assisted and protected Amy in her quest to help the world ascend. Most were young, and all were enthusiastic, kicking off every video with a group cheer shouting like, Love is one! and breaking into applause. Uh, for a time, watching the Love is One live streams was like watching a very strange season of the real world. The first contact ground crew team sat in front of a colorful t uh, tapestries and joked together, argued, and just all around bullshitted right there on screen. You just saw them get along. Uh, they took questions from the live stream chat audience. Mother and father were not regulars in these videos, however. Uh, in the beginning, they sometimes appeared, but over time, Amy's presence dwindled and eventually ceased altogether. Member Ashley Peluso, a.k.a. Arkea Hope explained that Amy couldn't appear on video because if she did, the viewers' bodies would explode because her vibration is so high and all of yours is so low. Uh, the real standout content were the day-by-day -day updates on Mom's ongoing battle against the Cabal. 
On August 1st, 2018, viewers were informed that Dark Witches had attacked Amy. Three weeks later, the audience was told that member Archie of Faith that another assassination attempt had taken place, during which a sword sliced one of her hearts. Uh, she says in the videos, the etheric have been doing surgery on it for many hours and now now and mom is throwing up diarrhea she is she was shaking uh love is one's narrative was becoming more paranoid and amy was described as being under constant assault from dark forces stories of assassination attempts continued in videos into 2019 including supposed incidents in which amy was struck with etheric darts and another in which her spleen and pancreas were infiltrated by the cabal uh, the content of a many Love is One live streams during this period mirrored the book of Revelation with followers talking about Amy breaking through seven seals, after which she'd move on to transitioning seven trumpets, then seven bowls. Uh, predictions were made. Uh, goalposts were moved. Each day, Amy's progress was updated, though she virtually never appeared on camera. By September 13, 2018, she had process 99.3 of the world's negative energy um, the rate of growth slowed exponentially as she approached 100 percent her pain was described as reaching 50 out of 10 miguel lamboy described her situation as very dire and warned that something may happen to amy's physical body her followers said that amy was uh bedridden and eventually that she was paralyzed from the waist down it's difficult to know the actual state of amy's health at this time uh, the seeds for something dark were already there, however. While they talked about how the idea was to bring love and enlightenment to all living beings, they also talked about final warnings to non-believers. There's no fence sitting. You either stand by Mother God or you'll be taken out. Remember Ryan Kramer, a.k.a. El Moria, remarked in one video, you're going to be like a fly on the windshield, smashed, he said in another. Uh, when asked if they had weapons in the house via live stream chat, he awkwardly stated, we're supposed to say no. Uh, Kramer did not respond to requests for an interview. Perhaps the most shocking instance of threatening the public outright came from a video addressed by member Adam Holler in 2019. Anyone who tries to fuck with us will kill you, he said. We'll fucking, we, we will fucking kill you because there's not, there's just no time left. And we've seen our mom suffer so much. I know that so many people watch these live streams. I, I know that there's rich people out there with millions of dollars who watched these, and how how dare you? We're, we're coming for you. <laughs> Hall remains a stalwart love is one supporter, just in case you were wondering. Uh, that statement was spoken with no violent intention, bloodlust, or will to do ill harm, merely a friendly warning to all who refuse to return to the ways of natural law, life, and existence. Um, when asked for comment, adding, these people will be cut down by the forces of nature and the universe herself. On top of generally threatening and <laughs> adversarial rhetoric, Love is One members regularly express racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic views in their live broadcasts. These run the gamut from bigoted racial comments to an in-depth alternate history surrounding Hitler and the Holocaust. Uh, for critics of Love is One, statements like these appear directly at odds with the group's portrayal of themselves as striving to live fully in love. Amanda Ray, a self-described victim's advocate and founder for the watchdog group Rising Above Love, has won, has been outspoken in her desire to hold the group accountable. For a nonprofit organization that claims to represent love, their actions prove otherwise. She says, this is a direct example of a dangerous, coercive control group. Which, that's actually kind of cool to know that there's watchdog groups out there going, mm -mm, that's cult-like shit right there, fucking snog it off. Uh, one thread that ran... Through it all, the world's external suffering had to be played out physically upon Amy's body. Amy had to process all the negative energy in the world, which meant that when followers were doing something wrong, they were causing her to physically suffer. Uh, if team members made a mistake, either Mother God or Father God might lose their temper on them in a spectacularly explosive fashion. They could be punished or even banished. Uh, Amy also communicated with followers through Skype regularly. Even while living under the same roof, Amy would rant and scream at people quite often, says ex-member Jeremy Brown. He says. Amy's drinking became dire, calling it her medicine. Followers explained her increasing use of alcohol was a result of the intense physical pain she was experiencing. 
Near the end, she sometimes had trouble keeping it down. In videos, she slurred her speech and she was prone to erratic outbursts. In one video, she rails against members for not delivering her tequila promptly enough, asking, Where's my tequila, you dick whores? Uh, in videos and <laughs> communications posted on YouTube, we see members subjected to hour-long sessions. I mean, hours-long sessions in which they're just criticized by other members in an effort to weed out the negative energies infesting the group. This was sometimes called playing Find the Whore. These sessions, these sessions could involve multiple members calling each other out for behaviors deemed inappropriate, or they might focus on a single member, often reducing them to tears. In cult terminology, this is referred to as the hot seat technique, wherein a member is in, bombarded with accusations and criticisms, uh, eroding their confidence and sense of self. Honestly, it's you get the group to isolate one and then you do it to them all. That way they're all afraid of each other and they don't communicate properly because they, they just got done tearing each other down and then you got them completely wrapped around your finger because there is no solidarity amongst them. Um, anyway, with an otherwise unpersuasive message, lowered self-esteem helps a weak message seem more reasonable, says Dr. Kelton Rhodes. Uh, an adjacent professor at University of Southern California and an expert in the psychology of persuasion and influence. After a humiliating public display of one's own failings and culpability, the leader's uncontested version of reality seems increasingly valid. In one session, John Robertson was admonished for transgression. He was told he committed in the year 1431. Could you imagine getting told that, like, hey, 600 years ago, fuckface, you did some stupid shit, and you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're all, you know what you did, motherfucker. You know it right around the fucking time of the French Revolution. You know what you did, you piece of shit. <laughs> Patterson, what about the moment when mom specifically commanded you not to jump into the fire, and you jumped into the fire? Robertson, yeah, and that lifetime I disobeyed a direct command. Mom, as Joan of Arc, told all of her soldiers at the time that they were going to burn her and not to come after her in any way to try to serve her or save her. And that lifetime, I defied that command and jumped into the fire anyways to save her. Patterson, only killing yourself in the process. You didn't save her. <laughs> that's that's an actual argument that fucking happened. Uh, critics of the group maintain that the <laughs> authoritarian behavior didn't stop there. Members' money became Mother God's money, right? That's how it works. Uh, members were encouraged to contribute funds towards Love Has Won projects and to pay for counseling and etheric surgery sessions. Uh, they were encouraged to cut ties with unsupportive family members. Ex-members claimed that Amy and Castillo would control their food intake and sleep schedule, and most members were expected to live celibate lives free of romantic relationships. And that's that's how that works. You're not allowed to establish any relationships. You either cut ties with families or they separate you from your children and they, somebody else raises them. Um Routine, 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 routine. And nine times out of ten, what they do is they make it to where you cannot have any sleep either. So you get weakened by the lack of sleep. You're more receptive to what they say. They, they feed you. They keep you on the brink of starvation. Like, it's it's all to give you that learned behavior. It's like the same thing with the dog, right? What do you do with the dog? You give it a treat when it does something good. Well, if the treat is sleep and food, as a human being, we'll do mostly anything. And then also after being deprived of any type of like sexual relations for, for a number of months or years, human beings are naturally inclined to want to go after that. So if you, it's like, you know, show a little leg, give a little nap, have a little snack, you know. Anywho, uh, new members of the community allegedly experienced that psychologist, experienced what psychologists and cult experts call love bombing. Daniel Shaw, a New York uh, psychoanalyst, cult recovery expert and author of the forthcoming Traumatic Narcissism and Recovery, Leaving the Prison of Shame and Fear, that is a fucking mouthful, uh, describes the practice as showering the newcomers with hyper-friendly, hyper-empathetic attention in order to win them over. Successful love bombing overwhelms the potential recruit with the feeling of being deeply cared for, deeply understood, and deeply welcome. He says, former member Jeremy Brown, who was with the group physically for six weeks in 2019, says he experienced this kind of onslaught of attention, though the high wore off after a few weeks. I lost 25 pounds in six weeks, he says. Days were filled with lots of housework. We would do lots of recreational things like have dance parties, play basketball together, and hold hands and pray at mealtime. To be quite honest, the first 
first two weeks were the happiest time of my life. Love is One members talk about loving one another and the entire world all the time, even when their behavior doesn't line up with that ideal. And members were told they hold positions of great otherworldly significance. Apart from live streaming for hours a day, members wrote blog articles, performed online consultations, and worked on their e-commerce businesses. Uh, Gaia's whole healing essentials, which sold things like essential oils, crystal pyramids, and uh, colloidal silver, hmm, which Amy herself took obsessively. Colloidal silver. Yes, colloidal silver is a substance made by suspending silver particles in a liquid often marketed as a cure-all dietary supplement. Frequent use can be ca- can cause argyria, uh, wherein one's skin turns blue. You guys remember the whole thing about colloidal silver at the very beginning of the pandemic? That's why I said it might get a little fucking hoopy-joopy. <sighs> anyway, and remember at the beginning of this, Amy's bitch ass is blue. Thank you. So, one of the group's biggest money makers has been etheric surgery, a form of remote surgery healings <laughs> said to cure any and all diseases as per the Ascension Guide that Love is One sells, which retails at $22.22. Members are prescribed grounding tools to aid in their ascension, which includes sun gazing, literally staring at the fucking sun, smoking cigarettes, but only organic, hand-rolled tobacco. Uh, eating red meat at least twice a week, which actually that's a good, that's, I mean, none of, this sounds, none of it really sounds bad so far except for staring at the sun. And taking long, cold showers. That's a little weird. In April 2020, well, if you're not allowed to fuck, I guess you need to. In April 2020, Gaia's Whole Healing Essentials received a warning letter from the Food and Drug Administration and the Federal Trade Commission. They claimed that its colloidal silver products cured COVID-19. Uh, that claim was removed from their website. As Love Has One's narrative developed, it began to incorporate many elements of QAnon conspiracies, such as the idea that a network of global elites are literally eating our children, as put by Love Has One member Gabriel Gomez, a.k.a. Buddha Kothumi, in a live stream, as well as the idea that Donald Trump is working behind the scenes to fight the cabal and the QAnon community. Amy and her followers found a group that was eager to engage and in- eager to donate money. Do you hear what I just fucking said to you and i have a lot of buddies who are super deep into this QAnon bullshit do you hear what i just said what what that community glommed onto what they donated money to do you hear the shit anyway god damn it uh currently QAnon is responsible for love is one's most popular social media outlet a telegram channel with roughly thirty-five thousand followers that posts a mixture of QAnon and love has one content Oh, just like <laughs> I got a buddy named Sean right now that's probably like, fuck you, turn it off, Brian. Uh, just like QAnon, Love is One ties its followers into an epic storyline about the struggle for their fate of humanity within this belief system. Believers are soldiers for the truth. Uh, they're empowered to feel that they're fighting in the world's greatest battle, but how they carry out that fight is simply by consuming and sharing the group's materials. You get to be a soldier without the messy business of actual fighting. Here we go, the goddess of fire. By August of 2020, Love is One had grown to include around 200 dedicated adherents. Uh, their reach was steadily growing online, with more and more online followers joining the fold. They attracted attention in a bigger way that month. Uh, sorry, yeah, in a bigger way that month when they set up shop on the Hawaiian island of Kauai. Kauai. Yeah, Kauai. I think I'm right. Anyway, 14 members took up residence with Amy and Castillo in a luxury beef beachfront rental in the community of Waianiha. Uh, residents of Waianiha were immediately suspicious, particularly when Amy announced that she was Pele, Hawaiian goddess of fire and volcanoes, and the creators of the Hawaiian Islands. Over 100 peoples gathered outside the uh, Waianiha rental home, and things quickly turned ugly. The protesters were incensed at Amy's appropriation of Hawaiian spirituality, and they also accused Love as One followers of flaunting local COVID restrictions. Love as One's rental car was vandalized, and a handful of small fires were set near the rental property. Within a week, Mayor Derek Kawakami got involved, eventually telling Love as One that he couldn't guarantee their safety. I am blown away by the ignorance protester Mahina Laughlin told local newspaper, The Garden Island, they're predators. They're not here to be part of the community. 
Frustrated, some Love is One members lashed out in video addresses to Wainiha residents. Amy herself addressed them in her characteristically blunt manner of, Fuck off, she said in a video, I'm Pele, bitch, don't push me. Love is One pivoted, trying instead to relocate to Maui, according to a statement from the Maui Police Department. Officers confronted Amy Castillo and Lamboy at the airport, sorry, Amy Castillo and Lamboy at the airport, informing them that they'd found issues with their travel documents. Uh, they'd made lodging reservations at an unapproved location. After some discussions, all 14 members of Love is One that were staying in Hawaii voluntarily returned to Colorado. Uh, just days later, Dr. Phil devoted an episode of his show to Amy and Love Has One, featuring her mother, Linda Haythorn, and two of her sisters, Chelsea and Tara. Amy herself, as well as two others, Love Has One representatives Ashley Peluso and Lauren Suarez, participated via video call. The daytime host brought up several of the more well-known instances of Amy's alleged abusive behavior. Among these are alleged incidents in which she mistreated a cat, as well as one in which she locked a distressed child in a closet repeatedly as a form of punishment, commanding them, You need to surrender! Surrender now! Uh, both Dr. Phil and Amy's family also brought up that she left behind her three children, aged 2, 7, and 12 at the time, with whom she no longer had a relationship. For me, I did not abandon my children, she replied. I begged my angels. I didn't want to leave, but they told me I had to fulfill my mission, and I had to make a jump, and I had to make a decision. Amy's family was most concerned with getting her medical attention. They believed she suffered from mental illness, but her physical deterioration was also becoming extreme. Her skin was now strikingly blue from the Argyria, a result of her excessive use of colloidal silver, she was extremely thin, and each time she appeared in a video, she looked somehow thinner still. Uh, while Amy's family had hoped that Dr. Phil would prove a turning point in getting Amy out of her surroundings, the episode ended, and it's just anticlimactically. <laughs> if you've ever watched Dr. Phil, what the fuck is he solved? Like, the last time I think I saw any Dr. Phil video besides this was, uh, like, catch me outside, how about that, right? Like, no, are you really going to sit there and tell me that you don't love... Fuck, shut up, Dr. Phil. Uh, they felt that Dr. Phil was their last chance to change Amy's trajectory, and they felt deeply disappointed that nothing came of it. Uh, it's important for us to let everyone know that Amy was a person. She wasn't a monster, says her sister, Tara Flores. She's a victim, as well, of coercive control. Uh, but we didn't have much of an option for getting her help. Part of me wanting to speak is to bring awareness to that. Now we're getting into this chick's last days. Uh, those around her described the last months and weeks of Amy's life as physically torturous. She spent most of that time in bed, as she had for the last few years. But Castillo and others would carry her to the shower as well, where she often spent hours. Uh, I mean, she had pretty much, like they said, lost the use of her legs, couldn't move around at this point. The water provided some relief from the pain, according to Arcaria Faith. Amy was like a tortured lab animal. In April 2021, Amy was at the group's rental property in Mount Shasta, California. Amanda Ray of Rising Above Love has one claims that she spoke to the group's Mount Shasta landlord who told her that he spoke to Amy on April 10th and that he told her goodbye. Uh, her condition seemed so dire that he had a sense she would soon pass. Around this time, Amy's family and concerned viewers contacted authorities in Mount Shasta, which resulted in a wellness check. Well, Amy's followers informed them that she had relocated to another property. It's unclear if she was even alive at that time, uh, though Love is One members maintained that she had moved out of that rental property, but with no answer as to where she could have gone. Um, perhaps most shockingly, Amy at times asked for medical intervention and her followers apparently denied it, worried that the cabal might get to her. Uh, there have been moments when mom has asked us to take her to a 3D hospital, and we're like, nope, because there's just, there's no way. And we know exactly how hijacking works. Member Lauren Suarez said in a broadcast on September 15, 2020, can you imagine that? Like, you're so fucked up that now you're like, I'm letting go of all this bullshit. I'm done faking it. Like, I fucked up. I'm almost at the point of no return. Uh, take me to a hospital, please. Like, stop all the bullshit. And then your followers believe you do so much. You did so well that they're like, no way, mom. No way. We're not going to let anything bad happen to you. Don't worry. I know that you're not supposed to leave this form. But even if you do, we're all going somewhere else. It's the great ascension, right? So just sit there, you silver bitch. We'll take care of it. Uh, 
And you can't, and you can bet your fucking ass that someone in that hospital, whoever it would be, would get hijacked and go straight for mom, try to do you, you know, who knows what. Uh, they would try to take her to surgery. They would try to do some crazy shit. So absolutely not. It's unclear exactly when Amy passed away, but according to leaked private group chats between Love is One members in April of 2021, photos began circulating of Amy in bed, unconscious, and potentially already deceased. At this point, Amy was in California. Back at the primary Colorado headquarters, members received regular updates on Amy's condition. On a live stream on April 16th, member Bobby Lesman told viewers, Mom is not good, she is very, very, very close, and that's pretty much all we know. So pray she's slowly, slowly pulling out of her vessel. Later on that same day, Bobby Lesman and co-broadcaster Dylan Woodard offered an update. Uh, Lesman, mom is going to ascend tonight. Woo! Woodward, for shizzle my nizzle. Uh, it was these comments that prompted Amy's family and concerned viewers to contact authorities in Mount Shasta, which resulted in the wellness check. Uh, according to both her family and her followers, the ambulance was turned away. Uh, the following morning on April 17th, Lesman... Uh, and another member, Jerry Lee Svensson, Svensson uh, seemed to believe she was gone. Uh, we don't get to just stop now. Uh, we had to keep going for mom. So grateful that she's not in pain now, Lesman said. So grateful she's at peace, replied Svensson. Uh, but a few hours later, in a follow-up stream, Lesman seemed to indicate that Amy was still alive, saying mom is still resisting or still resting. She's still kicking ass for us. Uh, police recovered Amy's body on the 28th. At the time, authorities believed she'd been dead for some time, though they didn't know how long. As of this writing, the coroner's report has still not been released. So, though she wasn't present in California in Amy's last days, Lesman described that time as grim. Uh, in a live broadcast on May 2nd, 2021, she experienced the most horrific death, which was very much like Lou Gehrig's or Parkinson's, where her whole body was paralyzed, but her brain was functioning. Uh, and she did it for all of us. According to Miguel Lamboy's statement to police, she believed that sometime before April 27th, Amy's followers loaded her into a member's car, then drove roughly 1,235 miles back to Creston, Colorado, returning her to the primary home they'd used over the years. Followers insist that Amy had a pulse when Sacuache County Police recovered her body, despite her body's advanced decomposition. They also claim that she occasionally moved her hands during the time in which her followers kept her enshrined. Uh, Archaea Faith remarks that she's eager to see the results of the autopsy as she suspects it may detail inexplicable phenomena that have never been scientifically documented. After all, why wouldn't an autopsy of a god incarnate have the potential to turn up something miraculous? Saguache County authorities maintain that Amy was dead at the time of her body's recovery and that an autopsy is forthcoming. And yet for those in the group, the results of the autopsy are essentially moot. It is the position of love has won that Amy Carrison... Sorry, that Amy Carlson, Mother God, has ascended to the 5D plane of existence, shedding her bodily vessel, but what she has not, but that she has not died in the way most people would understand it. She's bigger than life or death, and she's bigger than a corporeal body. They believe that she is, in fact, still among them. Believers talk about feeling her presence in their lives and, in some instances, receiving regular direct communication from her. Jason Castillo takes this claim even further. Mother is still fully alive and breathing in that box. Uh, for Lowe's, those who transported and enshrined Amy's body had innocent, simple reasons for doing so. They loved their mother and wanted to bring her home. In the immediate aftermath of Amy's death, though, some familiar with Love is One feared that things might take an even darker turn. And like Heaven's Gate before it, Heaven's Gate, that's what I was looking for. That was peep and doe, bone peep, but doe, peep, doe, bo peep. Anyway, we're going to do, we're going to do uh, Heaven's Gate too. That's, that's, so those were the, the, the tracksuit Nike wears. Oh my God. Oh my God. Ah, oh, Heaven's Gate's going to be so much fun. Uh, anyway, the ones that they said chopped off their nuts. Sorry. I'm getting totally distracted here. Sorry. And like Heaven's Gate before it, attempts some sort of mass ascension. Eh? It's another mass suicide. In a November 2020 livestream, Castillo had told Love is One members that they should be willing to die for Amy. And after her death, those old comments sparked renewed fears that members might hurt themselves or others. Search for your true identity, your divine higher self, Castillo had said. It cares about God. 
It cares so much. It will lay its life down for her, like the rest of creation. But despite swirling rumors on social media of drastic measures allegedly being discussed in Love is One's private group chats, uh, no ideas really about joining Amy took hold. So that's good. In the meantime, though, Love is One members have scrambled to adopt and adapt and change and in the process have kind of splintered off. Uh, their website and social media channels have undergone a rapid rebranding, 5D full disclosure, emerged as the current name, complete with a new web store selling spiritual surgery services. The Gaia's whole healing essential store is down with the former URL now redirecting to doesn't matter. I'm not going to help them sell their shit, so I'm not going to tell you. But since core leadership of the group was gone, a power vacuum remained, and the dynamic rapidly changed. The majority of members joined 5D Full Disclosure, where live streams are now seen doing things like drinking from Starbucks cups, suggesting increased freedom in terms of how they spend money and what they consume. Uh, they're able to sleep more freely. They aren't under the direct influence of a divine authority. 5D Full Disclosure members say that this is a natural progression. The idea is that many of the rules and routines for their daily lives that they previously adhered to were designed to help them shield amy from spiritual attacks but that no longer uh, applies since amy has ascended as such a slightly more liberal atmosphere has taken hold within the larger 5d full disclosure group there are spats and disagreements but some members like these to the differences between members of any family uh, nothing that will ultimately destroy love as one as a whole uh, member lauren suarez has referred to this as a period of crumbling and rebuilding so it's just it's it's a rebuilding year, guys. Uh, they're, they're trying to find a new coach. Uh, you know their their offense needs needs a little bit more uh, strength behind the O line. Primarily, uh, their quarterback is gone, uh, and then their offensive coordinator just can't just just can't keep it all together. They they need a strong presence on the field. So Jason Castillo has also started his own offshoot, albeit with a smaller membership, which he refers to as Joy Reigns. He asserts that he is now mother father god and that he is the new god having unified with amy's energy uh castillo, castillo has referred to the others as the false team in facebook live streams and several core love as one members remain with him uh at times they appear to be living in tents in castillo's first videos after his stint in jail after he got out on bail but before the charges were dropped he appeared with a well-kempt beard and dark straight hair he looks especially unhinged simultaneously hurt and angry and he rails against his former children uh, you were going to starve god take everything and go feed your dicks and your pussies he said he claimed that only four beings out of eight billion turned out to be true believers and asked do i need to re to re <laughs> sorry uh do i need to reheart you who the fuck i am children i'm father who the fuck are you going to go around to heaven or who are you, who the fuck, how the, how the fuck are you going to go to, who the fuck are you going to go around to heaven? Uh, so reheart is a love has one term or a meaning remind. Anyway, Castillo and the six other love has one members who were criminally charged with abuse of a corpse and child abuse awaited trial throughout the summer of 2021. However, in September, the district attorney's office for Colorado's 12th judicial district quietly dropped all charges i'm extremely angry with the case that the that the case was dismissed comments linda haythorn we don't even have the cause of death yet i'm determined to find out the truth uh one week after the story was actually published the coroner released the cause of death alcohol abuse anorexia and chronic colloidal silver ingestion so no foul play love is one in all its new forms continues to draw in more people receive more donations and sell more products uh, they continue to sell etheric surgeries which they advertise are still being performed by amy albeit from the fifth dimension the 5d full disclosure team also continues to work on its long planned crystal schools uh, charter school program for amy's family and for the friends and family of the many love is one members whose lives have been uh, just subsumed by the group the message is different uh, they hope members of Love is One, as well as anyone else, will come to believe that there are other healthier ways to feel and spread love. They believe that love does not create systems of control, nor does it thrive in guilt. It does not abuse in the name of calling out bad energy. It does not com compel people to leave their families and surrender their aut autonomy, uh, individuality, or previous identity. 
They argue that when someone asks you to take them to a hospital to save their life, if you love them, you just fucking do it. There's nothing we can do about Amy now, her mother says. But she was a human being. She was my firstborn. I loved her, and she knew I loved her. Nobody deserves to die the way she died. Uh, I want people to understand that this is what can happen if you get involved in a cult. I want to warn people about just how dangerous it can become. She was a victim, too. And that is the end of the Love is One cult. That actually carried out a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop this here for this episode. And then the next episode, I will cover <laughs> another cool cult with uh, uh, ex, I, I don't know, slightly famous actress. But it's not that old of a cult. And that one, this one's just like letters and numbers. It's pretty funny. It's almost like fucking Elon Musk kid's name. Um, so I'll do that this week. I'll get you guys two. Bang, 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 ba boom, boom. So you guys will have one tomorrow. Sorry, today, which will be the release day, which I technically is Monday for you guys. And then, uh, and then uh, we'll have one. I don't know. I'll release it Wednesday or Thursday. We'll double down. You guys can take your time, listen to them, however. And then, uh, hopefully, the following Monday, I will have the uh, Varg Vickerson. We're gonna cover the fucking Burzum. Uh, it's a lot of black metal. It's going to be a lot of fucking just... It's going to be pretty fucking cool. Um, like I said, it's just sound... The whole fucking thing to me... Uh, the only voice I hear in my head is Squizgard from fucking uh, uh, Metalocalypse. Like, this whole thing is dildos. So it's going to be pretty fucking fun. But uh, thank you guys for your patience. Um, my wife is going into surgery. And my son's got to get surgery. Fucking uh, the health around the house varies as each day happens. Um collarbones getting broken other collarbones getting fractured kids getting adopted just we we are busy so uh i appreciate the patience and as always you guys are just the baddest motherfuckers thank you so much for for hanging out you guys are are the most beautiful bastards anybody could ask for and i appreciate every ounce of you guys um so that being said enough sucking your ass you guys are all pieces of shit i'm just kidding i love you um i want you guys to have a good time stay safe stay metal and uh even when this world gets crazy, hopefully, hopefully I can at least bring a smile to your face a little bit, huh? Eh? Hmm? Hmm? All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good night, good day, good morning, all that shit. And uh, stay metal, mofos. Deuces.